Father, I am deeply grateful for every person under the sound of my voice. Will you make all our hearts, every person in there, every heart, will you allow it to be, to be so ready to receive your word that the enemy and his strategies and his thoughts will be removed so that your word can be planted in a soil that's ready to receive it. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. That's not everybody. Everybody said? Amen. If you're online, put it in the chat. Amen. Wherever you're joining us from, uh, Louisville, Prosper, uh, Garland, Dallas, uh, uh, Boca, wherever you're joining us from, or online or, or global community, thank you for being here. And we're going to read the word, and in our house, when we read the word, we stand, don't stand yet. We stand for it, and then you read. So as you get, if you have kids at home, say, stand up, it's time to read the word of the Lord. And, and, and then you have to say it with us, all right? So everybody, if you don't mind, let's stand and let's read the word of the Lord today, please. Here we go. You ought to put an asterisk beside this one. This, ver this passage right here and the next one they're going to read are profound. Here we go. Read slowly, one phrase at a time. Everybody ready? Say, we ready. We ready. Just the ladies. We ready. We ready. Brothers, we ready. we ready. See, that's what I'm talking about. See. All right, here we go. Uh, therefore, be. Let's read it one more time. Therefore, be careful. This is the word for somebody. You need to walk out of church after this. This word careful, this word right here. This word careful means to scoop it up and take a detailed look before you take your next step. You go make a decision. And, and what the text is suggesting, I want you to scoop it up investigate it, fizz it out, make sure that you're about to make the next right step. He says, be careful how you walk. What does that mean? You know I'm not a dog person, but if you have a big dog and a small backyard, when you go outside, you're going to be careful how you walk. Some of you haven't gotten it yet. Um, if you got a big dog that eat a lot and you have a small backyard, when you go out into that backyard, you just don't want to walk willy-nilly because you might step into some mess. And you're going to carry that mess everywhere you go. All I'm here to tell you is the text is suggesting before we get any further, be careful how you walk. Scoop it up. Investigate it. Look at it. Make, look at it from every direction before you make a decision to walk in that way. You're getting ready to date somebody. You met them online. Scoop it up. Investigate it before you take your next step. Oh, that's a word for you. can go home now. The person, whoever that was, you can go. Here we go. He continues. Not as, but as he says, be careful how you walk. Don't, here we go now. Don't walk as if what you do today has no effect on what happens tomorrow. My God, today. 
He says, be careful what you want, not as unwise. The unwise person thinks, I'm just going to make this decision, and it don't matter. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just deal with the consequences. He says, no, 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 that's a fool. Don't walk as a fool. Walk as a wise man and think, what I'm going to do, the decision I'm going to make today, what will happen 5, 10, 15 years down the road? Because there's a connection between what you do now and what will happen then. Wise people maintain the connection. Unwise people, fools, say there is no connection. We got it so far? I'm just trying to break the word of the, God, of the Lord down. Next verse, watch it now. Ooh, it gets real good. Then he says, making the most of your... Stop right there. In other words, he says, you don't have a lot of time. You think you have a lot of time, but no man knows the time or the hour when you're going to die. Since you don't, make the most. Take every opportunity. You can't afford to make a mistake because it's going to be far-reaching and you got to figure out how you're going to come back from that. Don't make the mistake. Act as wise men. Then he says this phrase. Read it with me. Because the days are evil. Now, he said this 2,000 years ago. Then what do you mean the days are In other words, he's saying, be careful when you're going to make relational decisions. Because there's some evil things that's going to happen relationally that if you're not careful, you're going to step into some mess. Relationally. Be careful financially because you're going to step into some mess financially. Be careful in every area of your life, parentally, maritally, as a single, because these days are evil. What do you mean these days are evil? Go to the next passage. Next passage. Bring it up. No, no, no. The ne- yeah. Now he says, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. Don't read it yet. Don't read it. Don't read it yet. Don't read it. Here we go. What does it mean relationally when he says these days are evil? Here is who you're dealing with. Read slowly. Don't be. There are difficult times. As the end approaches, people are going to be. Stop right there. You can't handle no more. Here's what he says. When you're going to date somebody, make sure you are scooping it up and looking. Why? Because they're going to be some self-absorbed people, some money-hungry people, some self-promoting people. Some stuck-up people, profane. Read with me now. Here we go. Contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderous, impulsively wild, savage, treacherous, ruthless, bloated, windbags, addicted to... Stop right there. Just because they come to church... Don't mean they're not self-promoting, money-hungry. I'm not preaching it. The Bible is preaching itself. Uh, it says, it says, it says, addicted to lust. Just the fellas. Addicted to lust. Well, fellas, come on now. Read it. Just the fellas, read it. You're scared, aren't you? <laughs> Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And allergic. 
You're allergic to God. That's why every time you pick up the word, you're falling asleep. Because you're allergic to God. That's why every time somebody says, let's do, let's do 21 days, you find everything else to do, but you can't do the 21 days. That's why when the church call a prayer meeting, man, I ain't going to no prayer meeting. I ain't going to no prayer. Because when God is the center of attraction, all of a sudden. <laughs> Hello, is this on? Hello? Is there anybody? Is it? Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Watch it now. They'll make a show of. When you're ready today, there are going to be people that all of a sudden want to come to church. But they just want to come to church because they want to get somewhere with you. I almost said something else, but I didn't. I almost said they want to get into something, but I ain't going to say. We're going to keep it at the word. Last week was a little PG, so I'm going to keep it holy today. Here we go. Here we go. Watch it. But behind the scenes, there are... Be careful how you walk. Because there's some people that's dying to deceive you. Watch your text. Watch your text. I'm not pre- Don't blame me. Don't send me no letter. The Bible said it, not me. Here we go. Good God Almighty. Stay clear of them. Don't fool with them. Because the days are evil. There's some people that are coming into church. you talking about, well, uh, she said she's spiritual. Okay, do they believe in Jesus? Not really. Do they go to church? Not really. But there's spiritual and you. Okay, that would be me. Thank you, Jesus. And then you have the audacity to say, thank you, Holy Spirit. That ain't no Holy Spirit. That's your flesh. That want what the Holy Spirit telling you you shouldn't have because these days are evil. Come on, stand up a little long. Let's go back to the passage now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Then watch what he says. So then, do not be stop context. Scoop it up. Look at it. Don't be unwise. Be wise. Then he says, because um, the day, you don't have a lot of time and the, the days are evil. Therefore, he says, don't be foolish. Watch your next step. Be careful how you walk. Be careful what you do. Be careful the next decision you're going to make. Then he says, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be foolish. But say, God, I need to hear from you in this situation. And if you've said it in your word, reveal it to me so I can walk in it. Because everybody in here, all of us, have regrets. And those regrets have somebody's name on it. After three, let's all say the person's name. One, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, here we go. Next verse. You're going to sit down after this, I promise. Next verse. This is the last one. This is the last one. <laughs> this is a good verse, though. Don't miss this verse. He says, uh, let me read it first. Do not be drunk with whatever you love, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't let anything control you except the Holy Spirit. Read it now. Do not get with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Good God Almighty today. 
Help us get through this, Lord, in your son's name. This is a good time to leave if you don't want to be convicted. Good time to say, you know what, I've had enough. I just need to go apply what I've already heard. It's a good time because after this, here we go. Here's our thesis statement today. This is what I want you to walk away with. Forget everything else. Don't forget this. In light of my past experience and current circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? In other words, oftentimes, most people ask the question, hey, is this right or is this wrong? That's a very basic question for people under 12. When you're over 12 and when you're becoming an adult, the question you ought to ask is, in light of my past experience and current circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, say the last part with me, what is the wise You got it. That's the question you should ask every single time. You should put this in your car. You should put it on your nightstand. You should put it in the mirror when you get up. You should put it in your office. You should put it on the door of your office. If you fancy and you run the whole place, you need to put it on the inside drawer right here. You need to put it on your phone. It's your screensaver. As soon as it comes up, you see it. Why? Because it helps you to pick it up and look at it carefully before you make your next decision. So what am I trying to suggest today? Today I'm trying to suggest that there are many of us here that as you try to teach this, last week we tried to teach something, a lot of people didn't like it, a lot of people got, not a lot, about, about 10. Send me, at least 10 of y'all send me some. And so, you know, I'm saying thank you so much, you're so kind, um, but it's not me, it's the word, blame God, not me. All right, now, last week I tore the house down and said you can't, whatever you're doing, you can't keep doing what you're doing. So today I'm going to build the house back up. And today I have one goal. To show you, if you're a healthy believer, what your house should look like. What you should be building your house on. You see, the reason we have a marriage problem is because we have a dating problem. And the reason you have a dating problem, listen, is because you have a sanctification problem. And the reason you have a sanctification problem is because you have a biblical illiteracy problem. No, let me say that again. The reason you have a marriage problem, and when you get mad, you want to do what you want to do, and you don't care what God says, is because you had a dating problem. And you dated anybody you wanted to date and you didn't consult God. The reason you did that is because you didn't want to surrender to God's way, sanctification. You just wanted to do it your way. So when you, get, when you get start dating and get married, then God is on the periphery of your life. He's not in the center. And oftentimes the reason he's not in the center is because you got saved so that you could go to heaven. You didn't get saved so you could bring heaven and live heaven out down on earth. The problem with that is, that's why when you go, you don't care what the Bible says. That's why when you're ready to get a divorce, you don't care what the Bible says. You're just going to do you because I just can't stand it no more. And you're ready to do you. That all comes from a self-centered, egotistical, me-first environment that then says, I'm going to do me. I don't care what you do. Well, that's driven from somebody that does not know how to surrender their lives over and over daily to God. You get on the altar and then you take yourself off. The Bible says that you need to, you need to present yourself daily. And instead of doing that, we say, God, we got this one. And then it shows up in your marriage. It shows up in other areas, but the closest relationship you have is with your marriage, and it shows up there. So then, um, I want to show you, uh, one of my mentors said it this way. He says, people are not going to change unless you do these four things. Number one, unless they hurt enough, they have to. When, it, when the pain is so great, you're going to change. Until then, when they say they're going to lock you up, okay, okay, I'll do the right thing, okay. Until then, uh, I'm good, I can get away with it. Here's the other one. When, they, when you see enough, they're inspired to. 
Third, when they, when they learn enough, they want to. And then the last one is when they receive enough, they're able to. All I'm trying to do in this talk is get to these two right here. So you can learn enough and receive enough so you want to do something different to produce a different picture. Because in our last series, we said, if you don't like the picture, change the pattern. Too many of us want to go about dating the same way. Too many of us want to go about relationships the same way, expecting a different result. Well, Pastor, why do I get all these knuckleheads that coming after me? Because you're attracting knuckleheads because you're a knucklehead. No, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not demeaning you. I'm just telling you that the pattern is producing the picture. You want a different picture, then change your pattern. Maybe you should stop looking where you're looking for a girl or for a guy. And maybe because you changed the pattern, and maybe you ought to become who you're looking for. You're looking for somebody who loves God with all their heart, then be somebody who loves God with all their heart. So, based on last week, we talked about this a little bit, and, and, and a lot of people now, nowadays are talking about soul ties, man. I mean, everything I do, I mean, I just feel him or feel her, and they're just always there, and I can't get him out of my life. That's because you're walking in the flesh. But I'm going to show you, so let's pick it up. Look at your sermon notes, you'll see it. I'm going to say, if this is happening to you, you got you to gotta what I call unconscious attachment. Here we go. Number one, you feel so attached to them that you refuse to cut off connection to set boundaries with them. In other words, you feel so, no, I mean, I mean, they're so special. I mean, they're so unique. I've never felt that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that means you don't want to cut them off. Therefore, You've got a what, everybody? You've got an unconscious attachment or what some people would call a soul time. I'm going to talk about why that's not true in a minute. Number two, quickly. Number two says you left the relationship but still think about them obsessively and you can't get them off your mind. Every time you, every time you see somebody, you're like, oh, my gosh, that looks like her. Oh, my God, that looks like him. Oh, my gosh. And then, then you start rationalizing with God. Okay, God, are you saying I need to go back to them because it looks like them? God, is this you? Help me out, God. It's not God. It's your flesh. It's not God. Number three. Here we go. Uh, it says when you make a decision, you feel like the person is with you or watching you. No, you feel, oh, my gosh, they're all in my mind. Every time I think something, it's like they're right there. And every time I watch, it's like they're watching every move. And I'm like, okay, don't watch me anymore. Oh, my gosh. I don't need you anymore. Don't watch me. No, 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 no. The Bible says you ought to renew your mind daily. That's the problem. Right? You, if, you, if you will immerse your brain and mind in this word, you won't think about them as much as you're thinking about them right now. Watch the text. Next one. Number four. Here's what it says. When you have, se when you have sex with your spouse... It's hard to keep yourself from visualizing them. I know your spouse is beside you, so you can't say nothing. But if that's the case, you might have an unconscious attachment or what some people call a soul tie. Number five, here's what it says. You take a negative trait of the person. You, the person was a fool. You got some negative trait. And now your soul is tied to them, so you say, to carry out their offenses whether you agree or not. So when they hate somebody, you're going to hate everybody they hate too. When they dislike somebody and want to hurt somebody, you're going to help them hurt the person. All because you're hanging out with a fool that has some negative traits. Next one. Here we go. 
Uh, this is the last one. You defend your right to stay in a relationship with them even though it negatively affects and destroys other important relationships in your life. So now you know this is a hot mess, but you stay there because you think, but I'm so tied to them. I mean, they just, the way, uh, uh, the way they make me feel, I mean, oh my God. You're acting like an animal. That's what the Bible told you. I didn't tell you how the Bible did. That's what you're acting like. Because my Bible says, when you talk about soul, you're talking about the mind. He says, you need to renew your mind. You quit giving the devil more power than he has that he tying your soul to somebody else's soul. God says, if you know me as personal Lord and Savior, I am attached to you. And if I'm attached to you, not another other person can be attached to you. Here's what that means. What that means is that means you need to renew your mind. You need to stop walking in the flesh. And you need to guard your heart so that your heart don't go places that have no business going. So quit talking about, my, my soul is tied with their soul. Rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Renew your mind and guard your heart. And walk in the spirit. And ain't nothing bothering you after that. Because his word will fill your mind and your heart so you can walk in the spirit. So you don't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. All I'm trying to say, turn your notes over because I got a far way to go. Come on, let's go. So now i got to teach you something before we get to what I really want to talk about. Here we go. I need to teach you the four levels of intimacy. You, you better get this for your kids and your grandkids and for your own soul. Four levels of intimacy. There are four of them. Two of them you're very familiar with. Two of them you're not. Here's what it looks like. The first one says acquaintance. Everybody familiar with that? The last one says, put up all four. The last one says spouse. Everybody familiar with that? The ones in the middle is where we get messed up. Four levels of intimacy. An associate is a relationship based on the consistent interaction with one, with one another around a person, place, or event. That just means you meet a person at church, you meet a person in the office, you meet a person on, a, on, a, um, on some form of a group, and that's the place you meet the person, and that's cool. We don't know everything about them. We're not trying to get to know all that there is. It's just an associate. You know the person, you're familiar with the person, but that's it. Watch this now. The next level is the friend. Watch it now. Relationships based on the qualities of a person instead of common association. Now you get to know the person. Now you like their, their, how they carry themselves. You like their personality. You're getting to know them a little more. Listen to me. Everybody listen. Everybody stop whatever you're doing. Stop cooking. Everybody listen. Get off the phone and listen. Here we go. If you are a sex addict, you can't be a friend. Let me say it again. If you are a sex addict or if equal opportunity preacher, if you didn't have a daddy growing up and you 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 just love everybody that loves you, you cannot come down here. So now the question becomes: can men and women just be friends? Yes, it depends on your baggage. They can be friends, but it depends on your baggage. If you got baggage, stay associate. Because if you don't, this is what you're finna do. Come here now. You see, every time you go on a road, you have, a, you have one of these. Everybody know what this is called? What's this called, everybody? A guardrail. 
Now, the problem with a guardrail is it's there, usually on corners where, where you can either go straight, but they want you to turn. So the guardrail is there so that you, you don't go over the precipice. It's there to protect you from going over the precipice. Now, there are two zones. There's the safe zone and there's the danger zone. Can I tell you what most Christians do? We put the guardrail in the danger zone. If you're already over the precipice, you're finna die. Why are you putting it? Okay, okay, okay. You don't believe me? Some more sophisticated ones of you, you just want to change the guardrail. So you don't have guardrails, you have chalk lines. So when you're dealing with Rilo, it's a, the chalk is here. When you're dealing with Shanene, flip it, the line is there. And you determine the line based on who the person is. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. Quit moving the line. Have a guardrail that helps you based on what the Lord himself says so that you don't put it in the danger zone. You put the guardrail where it belongs in the safe zone so that, listen, here's what the guardrail is supposed to do. The guardrail is there to protect you and direct you. That's why it's there. Listen, the guardrail is there so that when you hit it, it lights your conscience up so you know you're about to be a plum fool. You're about to be a plum fool. Stop. Warning. Fool. Stop. Quit. Don't go no further. Halt in the name of the law. Popo, get him. It must say whatever it needs to say to stop your foolish tale. Because if you don't have the guardrail, you're going to end up in the danger zone. Singles, here's all I'm trying to tell you. If you don't have the guardrail, the Bible says flee it. It didn't say resist it or play with it. It says, it says don't be in its environment. But if you don't have a guardrail up, and you think, well, I'm, I'm over 35, I'm grown. What you telling me? I'm grown. I, I, I've been around the block a long time. I can do this. Listen, the flesh is no respecter of persons. It don't matter who the heck you are. When that fool rub you down. I don't want to take you too deep because some of you be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I don't take you too deep. So let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Because some of you are going places already. You have no business going. <laughs> but that's why you put up guardrails, somebody. For real, that's why I put up guardrails. Come on, I got to go. Let's go. So, so here's, what, here's what I'm saying. If you're love-starved, associate. If you're, if you're desperate to be married, associate. Because any of the other ones, you come down here, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to want this so badly that you're going to act like you're this when you're not. By the way, fellas, come here, fellas. That means if you tell me, well, all my best friends are female, and that's because I just don't like them, or some lady, well, I just don't like dealing with girls. I only like dealing with men because they're not catty. No, here's all you're saying. Here's all you're saying. 
I don't have the internal character so that another brother can respect me enough and we can be best friends and he can love me not based on who or what I look like, but based on the content of my character. For the ladies, you can't say, well, well, well I just don't like the cattiness of ladies. And what you're saying is you just want straight talk and you need something to kind of be fuzzy so it's intriguing so we kind of figure out if we like each other or not, but one always hoping that they like each other. The other one said, no, I'm just your friend. But you mess it all up, all because you think you need to have a best friend. That's a man or that's a woman that's the same sex. All I'm trying to tell you today is be careful because that's why you need a guardrail. Because without it, it will mess your whole life up. So all I'm trying to say, hey, 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 hey. You know, actually, some of you don't know yourself. So you need to ask somebody. Because some of you go, oh, yeah, I'm good. I can have friends. Oh, no, no. Ask somebody. Am I? They're going to say, be associate, associate for you. Associate. Don't go beyond associate. Associate. All right, let's go. I got to go. Come on. So now in light of that, what does a healthy single do? Quickly. What does a healthy single I'm now going to show you what all healthy singles do. And the reason I have to do this class, I was talking to some people this last week, and they'll be like, I didn't know that. So let me show you the house that you should be building as a single person that loves Jesus or as a married person that loves Jesus with all their heart. So here's what it looks like. Come on up here, fellas. Let's, let's walk through this. So number one, if you're building the house, uh, so that since I just tore down your last one, if you're building the house, here's what it should look like. Number one, first thing you ought to know, if you love Jesus with all your heart, is you ought to make Jesus your best friend. If Jesus is not your best friend, you already have issues that you're going to take in your marriage. What does that mean? That means Jesus Christ supposed to be, that means you take all your issues to him. You cannot have a best friend that you don't talk to. You cannot have a best friend that you don't go have regular meetings with. You cannot have a best friend that you don't have a place where y'all hang out together. You cannot have a best friend where you don't spend unhurried time just, just meandering and hanging out and listening and talking. You cannot have a best friend if you don't do that. When your drama happens, you go to Jesus first. You don't go to your friends first. When you get fired from your job, you don't look at them and say, no, you didn't. Did, no, you didn't. Did this Black History Month, no, you didn't. No, what you do is, what you do is you go to your closet and say, God, I know you know the plans for me. I didn't see this one coming, but you're sovereign, which means I can handle this. So I pray that you will increase my faith until my faith is increased and my heart is in line with what you are trying to do in this house. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just trying to tell you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're an accident waiting to happen already. If you don't make Jesus your best friend, you're an accident waiting to happen. Number two, second one that is, you got to hang out with people that make Jesus their best friend. That's who you have to hang out with. Too many of us want to hang. We say we love Jesus, but we hang out with people who don't love him and think that's cool. Be careful how you walk. Why? As wise or as unwise? If you love Jesus with all your heart, then you got to hang out with people that will reinforce the values and the thinking of Jesus Christ. Number three. Third one then is you have to live on mission for Jesus. Seek ye first his kingdom. You ought to live on mission. There are too many people that don't live on mission for God. In other words, ladies, listen to me, please. If the dude don't know what God's calling him to do, what are you supposed to help him do? I don't care how desperate you are. You're running right into a brick wall. If the dude don't know what God's called him to do, and what are you supposed to help him do? And some of you are talking about, well, I'm going to missionary date him and let him come to know Jesus. 
Listen. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Tell the dude, bro, listen, bro. I can't help you because you don't know what God's called you to do. Therefore, go figure it out. And if the Lord still makes me available, he probably won't. But if, if I'm still available and the Lord says the same, then maybe I'll take a second. But until then, God bless you, bro. Associate. <laughs> By the way, fellas, fellas, if she don't know what God's called her to do, then how you know if you're in alignment? So if she don't know what God's calling her to do, and you know what God's calling you to do, then you're the fool to marry her. Why? Because if she finds out later what God's calling her to do, and it don't have nothing to do with you, now you're headed inside it. That's why. By the way, singles, if you're not serving God, then you're ending up in a ditch somewhere. Why? Because every believer in the Bible, everyone that was single, was all fully devoted to God. Everyone. So if you tell me, well, you know, I just don't want to serve in the church. It's too messy. I just want to do my own thing. And I'm just going, I'm just, uh, that, that, that's cool. But here's what's going to happen. I'm not asking you. Here's what's going to happen every time. If you don't use the gifts and abilities God has given you, you're using it to make money, but you don't want to use it to advance his kingdom. So why would he give you that gift? For you or for his kingdom? A gift is never just for you. A gift is always to be a blessing to other people, which means if you're using it and you're not ble giving blessing to the kingdom of God, then he should take it from you. Because you're the dude who, who got the gift and planted it, buried it instead of used it. Number four. Number four, watch it now. Then you have to experience the preferred life like Paul and Jesus did and get healed emotionally. Deal with your baggage. Your baggage is not for somebody else to deal with. That's for you to deal with. So deal with your issues. Whatever your issues are, you're my mom, my baby, my dad. Okay, blame everybody you want, but deal with it. Make sure you're becoming whole so you're bringing wholeness and wholeness together. That's your job. It's better to deal with it when somebody is not in your face every day talking about why you're not dealing with it, why you're not dealing with it, why you're not dealing with it, why you're not dealing with it. Ask the mad people, ask the mad people, why you're not dealing with it, why you're not dealing with it. Deal with it on your own right now so that God can heal you so that you're healthy when you move forward. Good God Almighty. Number, number, number five, you ought to walk in the spirit. Now this is part of your healing process. You either have to walk in the spirit or you walk in the flesh. When you walk in the spirit, then every opportunity that God gives you to be patient, you thank him for it because he's teaching you patience. That's how you know you look like Jesus. Every opportunity he gives you to be self-controlled. You say, God, well, these people got on my last nerve. No, he's just teaching you self-control. Quit complaining and receive what he's doing. Well, I just, they're going to get a piece of my mind. No, he's teaching you to be kind. He's teaching you to be kind. So learn the kindness. It's not them. It's you. Preach, pastor. And by the way, by the way, by the way, when you dating somebody and you co-sign, yeah, I can't stand them either. You're nothing but a fool. That's what you are. Because God's teaching the person to surrender and walk in the spirit and you co-signing that they the problem and not letting them own their own responsibility. Preach, Pastor. Last one. Number, 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 number six. Here we go. Now you have to establish some guardrails for your relationship. What does that mean? That means you have to put the guardrail out there so that you're not even. Why all of us want to put a guardrail right here, right here, right here? So that the next move you make, just a little tip, and you're gone over. You need to put the guardrail all the way back. 
so that you can protect the house he's given you. He's given you a house and he wants you to live this way. If you're going to live this way, you got to have a guardrail. And this guardrail has to be way before the house so that you are protecting it. So you don't do it right there. You do it up here. So by the time you get hit, all the circuits in your conscience are lit up. So you know I've gone too far. I better turn back now. We all right, everybody? Is this on? Y'all look like you're just looking back at me like, what in the world is this preacher talking about? Here we go. Let me give you some guardrails and then I'm done. Let me give you some guardrails. I'll give you seven. Hey, if you don't do it, just do it for your kids. If you don't love yourself that much, do it for your kids. Do it for your nieces, your nephews. Do it for your students. If you don't love yourself that much, do it for them so that they can walk carefully and not make massive mistakes. Here we go. Everybody ready? Here we go. Let me give you seven of them. Number one, regular, regular evaluation of your core group of friends. Ask. If they are headed in the same direction that you want to go. If they're not heading in that direction, what are you doing hanging out with them as a close friend? If they're, if, if they're not going where you're going, why would you entertain it? You mean to tell me you're that desperate that you just, you just want friends, so you just do what they say? Even though you know the price tag is going to be high? Number two, here we go. Uh, what you feel... When you feel the pressure to be someone you are not, you should rethink that relationship. When they're asking you to be somebody that you're not, this is not who I am. You ever get to a place and they be like, what the heck am I doing here? What? If that ever happened to you, you'd be like, how the heck did I get here? Just wave your hand. For real, just wave your hand. They ever got there, how the heck, what is wrong with me? It's what's wrong. Your conscience has been so seared. You have said no to it for such a long time that it doesn't even bother you anymore. And that's because you have a relationship with someone that you know you have no business having because they're taking you down the tube. Number four, three. Number three says this. When you, ooh, ain't this the truth? When you hope the people you care about the most don't know your whereabouts. You ever been someplace? This is you, this is you, this is you. This is you. And if you have a little bit of sense... This is your cell phone right here. You be like, let me leave my cell phone. They can trace me. <laughs> if you got to think like that, <laughs> look at the person and say, you have no business being there. Look at the person next to you. You have no business being there. Now say it like you mean it. Look at the other one. R tell the other one, run. <laughs> number four, come on, number four, number four. Uh, the wise sees all of life as connected. A fool sees everything as disconnected. Whenever you see things as disconnected, it's a guardrail. Whenever you think it don't matter, it's a guardrail. Here we go. Next one, number five. We're almost done. Uh, safety number. This is the Billy Graham rule, everybody. This is the Billy Graham rule. Um, do not ride in a car or eat a meal with the opposite sex alone. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Most people are going to say, you're too judgmental. It's not about the other person. It's about me. I don't know if I'm going to act right. See, the problem with y'all is you're so godly and so spiritual that you always act right. Well, I don't. So I need somebody always looking. If you come anywhere in this church you go now, there's a camera. Anywhere in the church, you don't matter where you go, there's a camera looking at you. You're crazy there. So, you know why we do that? 
It is to protect you from us and us from you. So you can't do nothing foolish. It ain't going to be on no camera. You can't, go ahead, please, be my guest. But the world will be able to see it. Make sense? That's why you should have cameras everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Just have a camera just to remind yourself God is watching. Preach, Pastor. Don't let somebody have to put a camera in it. Next one. Next one. Here we go. I love this one. Oh, God, I love this one. We are acceptance magnets. Let me tell you what that means. That means whoever accepts you, you run toward them. That's why, the, that's why what, the, what the students did today was so powerful. Whoever accepts you, you'll run to them. That's why there's some religions built on men without dads to then take them, put them in there so that they can disciple them. Their religion, I'm not calling no name, but their religions built like that. They're looking for guys that don't have a dad so that they, you give them acceptance and you do whatever the heck they want to do. Listen to me, family. You need to realize that God has already accepted you. And because he has, you don't need nobody else. You don't run. That's why when somebody says to you something like, man, you look beautiful today. You're like, oh my gosh, maybe this is the one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's just a compliment. They don't mean nothing else. They told a hundred other people that today. That's why when somebody walks by you, and brushes you, and you feel something. What you feel is your flesh. It's not the Holy Spirit. So don't tell nobody. Well, I was just walking one day, and I asked the Holy Spirit, whoever brushes me next, that's the one. You laughing, I promise you, you laughing? People really think like that, and they blame God. Come here. Last one. I'm done with y'all. I'm done. When, when you hear yourself say, I'll go, but I won't participate. This is what you do. You'll be like, well, look at here. You know what? And then you start praying, no, Holy Spirit, you know your girl love you, Holy Spirit. So protect me, even though I just violated my own boundary. Protect me and walk with me and talk with me. Holy. You're praying the wrong prayer. You need to pray, Holy Ghost, get me to flee quick, as fast as I can, Holy Ghost. That's the prayer you pray, not give you power in the midst of the danger zone. My God, today. What did I just try to do? I just tried to show you what a healthy single person looks like as they build their life. Now, 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 everybody listen. Parents, listen. Do you know what you tell your kids as primary? You know what your kids believe? Not that, number one, make Jesus your best friend. You make your kids believe that grades are the most important thing. You know what you let your kids believe? That sports are the most important thing. That performance is more important than your identity in Christ. Don't make the mistake. Be careful. Be careful. Look at it. Look at it. How you walk. Not as unwise. Say it with me. But as. Heavenly Father. Would you speak to us?
hearts today? Will he speak to every person's heart today? Every last one of us. I'm prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the Lord we love. Keep us, Lord, from wondering. Keep us. Till we're perfected above. God, will you, will, you, will you simply be with your people today? Will you speak to every heart online, every campus, in this house, everywhere? Will you speak to every single heart? Give us the word you have for us. Help us to be careful how we walk. Help me to be careful how I walk. Help all our pastors to be careful how we walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Help us to make the most of this time. Because the days are evil. Help us to not be foolish, but to find out what the will of God is. In light of that, help us not to be drunk with wine. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to your people. God, I know the pain that's associated in a room this large. I pray that you will heal us from those pains. And from this day forward, help us to live a life based on you are our best friend. We hang out with people who are our best friends. We make sure we know what you're calling us to do and we live it. We make sure that we're dealing with our own baggage, walking in the spirit, and then putting up the guardrails. I pray that every single person and every married person, that this will be true for us all. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said,